Welcome to Rubrics, a St. Timothy's podcast. Um, we are back in the studio, and we have um, a lot to talk about this this week. Um, we're we're going to talk about Israel and Palestine and the war over there, and you know we'll we'll make this probably qualification multiple times. Neither of us are um, political theorists. We're not claiming to know everything. We're not pontificating. But this is something we, we have to be able to talk about. Um, and you have personal experience in the Holy Land. I will this coming summer. Um, God willing. Yes, God willing. But, um, you know, it's something that, that demands attention. And, you know, it's probably all most people are thinking about or reading about or hearing about. So that is that is what we will be talking about um, today as we kind of dive into the meaty stuff. Before we dive into that and, and pray, um, any, any lighthearted topics to... Uh, no banter about probably not appropriate i don't really have anything today well that's that's fair let me open with the prayer for peace among the nations from our prayer book almighty god our heavenly father guide the nations of the world into the way of justice and truth and establish among them that peace which is the fruit of righteousness that they may become the kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ amen so as we you know kind of preface this uh, heavy conversation and start getting into some of these topics. I'd be I'd be curious to know: Did you grow up with, um, you know, like the the Christian Zionism in your circle, or any any real dominant views about Israel? Were you taught about Israel and you know its history and stuff like that? Zero. In the church. Zero. Okay. So I mean, I grew up mainline United Methodist. Yeah. N- nothing about that. The, I remember. The first Jewish person person I met, I was in high school, Facebook friends with her now. I would tutor her in math, and I was stunned. I never, I mean, there was there, where I grew up, there was no Zionism, nor yeah. was there any overt anti-Semitism because there were no there were Jews. Yeah. Um, the only synagogue was forty five minutes away, Interesting. if not if not further yeah. away. So it was it was. It was sort of agnostic on both, really. Yeah, yeah. I grew up evangelical, and so that the the Christian Zionism was was very prevalent, um, and honestly became more so as I got older. But I mean, how I far had, is Dallas from San Antonio? Oh, I don't know. I didn't go to San Antonio enough, and I my, just know my a, lot of, a lot of so a lot of the a lot of the. Um, the televan John Hagee, for instance, yeah. big televangelist, major, major um, Christian um, Zionist. It is interesting. Four hours. Sorry, that's fine. So you know, I grew up with that. I had a, a good friend um, when I was younger who was Messianic Jewish, and his whole family was. Um, I think I've mentioned that before, but you know, I learned things from him, and and but it was it was always around, and I definitely was taught about, you know. Israel's significance, um, but, and we'll, we'll probably get into this, it was always couched in, like, eschatology, the end times. You know, the, the Jewish people being in Jerusalem brings about, you know, the beginning of the end times. Um, and that was kind of the only reason it would be significant for Christians. There was no actual engagement with Jewish people as a people. It was almost more like they represent the end times, and that's what we want. Um, and so it was, not a, it was not a, I think, a very deep, theological engagement um and it you know took me a little bit more studies afterwards to really get into like the jewishness of christianity why jerusalem matters for christians even to this day and why the jewish people and and we'll get into how many 
debates there are about um, Jewish-Christian relations to this day in the church and, and Messianic Jews and non-Messianic Jews. I mean, there's a lot of theological um, understanding and, and beliefs in the midst of this Israel-Palestine debate, which is, I think, why it gets so complicated. Yeah, my first engagement with Israel as a nation, a political entity, with Judaism, really, um, and the Christian relationship to that, I think, um, honestly, was, and this may be, this is to my benefit, was when I went to the Holy Land for the first time in 1999. I was in college, and it was a uh, it was a class, and we had to read a book. I forget the text; it's in my office on um, the the Jewish roots of Christianity, mm. and it was, it was, there was some interesting things on there. But um, yeah, it's and I think that the reason why we're I mean, we're talking about this because it's it is the biggest news story. It has the potential of being. Um, Life changing. It's catastrophic already, but it has the potential of being regional or globally catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, we have the the leaders, um, I believe, on both sides who have said we're going to change something that will change. We're going to change the Middle East. Yeah, change the Middle East. I think they're uh, probably right, one way or the other. There, there is. uh, I mean, there's obviously a there's. There's a political reality here that is very, very complex, and most people that we talk to and even ourselves have either strong opinions or, mm-hmm. I think in the case, as you and I were talking before, really mixed feelings about yeah. this. It's really, really complicated, and, and to say it's complicated is not to have an easy way out. It's just simply saying it is such an entangled generational mess mm-hmm that honestly finding um, a solution that is will be legitimate, and mm-hmm. by legitimate I mean recognized as a lasting peace on both sides, and Correct. one that will last a long time, is something that, that all, almost seems unattainable. Yeah. Um, and then we cannot, we cannot separate the biblical theological implications of this land, this people, yep. and all of this. I, I made a comment in, uh, in Mass this morning that, you know, today's the is the feast of Philip, the deacon and evangelist. You'll preach on him in a moment at the noon Mass. And Acts chapter 8, I think it begins in verse 46, but Acts chapter 8, where Philip is going to the Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. it says clearly that he was going on the road from Jerusalem. Yeah. To Gaza, yep. and these these places that we're seeing on BBC, CNN, Fox News, and, mm-hmm. and whatever your news outlet is, these are places that that um, this is the canvas on which the story of God's mm-hmm. love um, was was played out, painted. Yeah, you know? and, so and we have to pay attention. That's that makes it more than a relic of the past, even. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll get into this a little bit, that there is a, a continued significance in those spaces and in those lands. Um, you know, Jesus doesn't just kind of close his eyes and throw a dart and it happened to be Jerusalem. There's a lot of significance in history throughout the Old Testament, and Jesus doesn't undo that. He simply fulfills it and, and changes it, and that remains to be a theologically significant place which is why pilgrimages go there. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't just pull up a picture and say that's good enough. No, there's something about being in the land. Um, so you brought up that, that you know it's it's not a it's not a black and white issue, but that's not to say that 
you know, we don't choose sides or, or try to wash away evil. Um, I think it's always helpful. Well, uh, yes. I mean, like what we're talking about. So this, this is the hard part about this conversation is that we're talking about a reality, a political entanglement that is, you know, you know generations. Mm-hmm. But then we're talking about what happened on Saturday as right. well at the same time. Right. So we have to be careful with some verbal discipline to make sure that we're being clear what we are addressing. Mm-hmm. Are we addressing what's happened in the past five days? Yeah. Or are we addressing what's happened in the past 70 years or, or longer? So let's, let's take both and kind of establish some non-negotiables. Um, and, and where do we get these? We get these from Scripture, from the church's teachings. I mean, and this is, this is broad stuff. Ethnic cleansing is never Wrong. okay. It is. It is never okay, no matter who is on the receiving end or on the um, you know perpetuating end of that. Um, the church has always taught, and Scripture always teaches that vengeance belongs to God alone. Yep. Vengeance is not a, even as a political strategy, is not a, a biblical or Christian um, legitimate move. There are just wars. I mean. You know, Aquinas gives a whole list of them, and one of his big things is a proportionate response. That's the non-negotiable. Where's the muddy water in that? What's a proportionate response to the killing of children? And that's where, you know, you start recognizing, like, there's a lot of questions here. You kill a child, do you take one life for one life? I mean, that seems too utilitarian. I mean, that's... I don't think anybody says there's a clear answer for that. And so we can say you need a proportionate response. Okay, we all agree on that. Well, what is the proportion? When you put those into action, that's where I think it requires some wisdom and some discernment. That's where some of these debates really take place. When you're threatening children, what is a proportionate response to that? Is, you know, cutting off water and electricity for Gaza a proportionate response? Some would argue yes, some would say no. Um, and, you know, there are serious discussions to be had there. And, and part of it is a lack of information. Um, you know, we were talking about, we might put this podcast out and in 24 hours something new comes out and half of what we said makes it look like we don't know what we're talking and about. And we have to recognize you went to bed last night with your wife and your son without any fear of a bomb Correct. coming in or any water electricity Correct. being cut off. And I did the same thing mm-hmm. with the, had zero care yep. or concern yep. at all. And then what did I do? I woke up and read about it Yep, from my phone sitting at my breakfast table we have this with, conversation, my, with my healthy son. We have, I mean, this, we have this conversation with as much humility as, right. as we can have recognizing that um, yes, we we can and should speak, mm-hmm. but we recognize we're not. That's not our reality, yeah. Yeah. and and that needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. And also, you know, the, for for this parish, I mean, this podcast is open to all people, but I mean, it's primarily designed to be a form of spiritual encouragement and strength to people in our congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, primarily, and. Around 50 of our parishioners have been to the Holy Land Mm -hmm. in 2019, 2022, excuse me. We have, as of right now, you know, nearly 40 um, going in 2024. Mm -hmm. We've got dates booked in 2026. So a significant portion of our our active worshiping congregation has been to these places, has met these people, and and now has opinions. And so... Um, we have a we have a connection not as a tourist but as a pilgrim mm-hmm. to these places. This this is where the story of our faith right. took place, and we are connected to it as part of our story. N- 
we're not claiming this land is is ours in the same as people who live there Correct. have a claim. Correct. There's spiritual sort of sort of mm-hmm. uh, um, connection mm-hmm. that that is real, but different. So, I'm going to ask you to muddy the waters even a little more based on your personal experience because here, here's one of the things that I see maybe on social media or people with very strong opinions is um, making Gaza or even Palestine in generally in general monolithic you know one entity which is just absolutely not the case and so you have interacted with Palestinians from a couple different backgrounds talk a little bit about um, maybe the variety I mean Palestinian Arab is the ethnicity, but that encompasses all sorts of, of people with different political beliefs and religious beliefs. So talk a little bit about maybe some of the people you've met, some of the communities you've gone to that might help, um, for lack of a better word, muddy the water. It's really complicated. And um, and I, I have to go back and honestly and, and relearn all of the history of the British mandate, mm-hmm. how, how, this, how this land has been captured, how it's been divided, how it's been mishandled, yeah. um, and how, frankly, a lot of the problems we have today stem from, I don't want to say incompetence, but, but the poor handling of the situation yeah. after the World War Correct. Um, and how that, how that land was divided up. And, and and what you mean by that is, in, uh, in, in case people don't know this, there was people in that land. When it was divided up after the Holocaust, it's not like it was an empty land. No, absolutely. There. No, that, that's, I think, that there's always been people living there for generations. And I don't mean like generations, like, like two or three. I'm talking like, like you know. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. Yeah, it's a long, long time people have been there. It's not, it's not a vacuum yeah. that after World War II, let's just now, um, we have this new space, mm-hmm. let's put people there. Um and we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But the so I remember having um, when we go when you go again, God willing, we can still go, mm-hmm. and we meet the the rector of the Episcopal Church in in Nazareth. Mm-hmm. He will say, "I am an Arab, I am a Palestinian, I am a Christian," and he will say, um, "I am an Israeli citizen." Yeah, there you go, which is rare. He's, I mean, let's, he, let's just acknowledge that. He's all of them, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, Arab is one thing, Palestinian is something else, Christian is something else, um, and Israeli citizen mm-hmm. is something else. I think that uh, I'll speak for me, and I would imagine many people would have had similar um, assumptions having grown up maybe not in a metropolitan, cosmopolitan, multi-ethnic region like what I did. Mm-hmm. And I would count North Carolina as being increasingly diverse, but still pretty monolithic yeah. in terms of, yeah. of ethnic identities, um, origins, is I assumed all Arabs, all Palestinians were Muslim, yep. number one. I think a lot of people do. And I think that when you—I um, think I think that— to just get right to it and put a fine point on it is that what what um, growing up in assumptions is that uh, Jews were white mm-hmm. and uh, Palestinians Arabs were not right. and even I grew up hearing uh, an ethnic slur of of Arabs Palestinians as being sand inward yes yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so I think that to a s- certain degree that that frames yeah. our assumptions going over there yep. and that is racist views it's, it's, know, it's perpetuate racist um, a lot of our political realities completely um and so 
they're not a monolithic people. Um, you know, the, there are a lot of a lot of Palestine. Well, not a lot, but mainly all of your Christians in the Holy Land are Palestinians. Yep. And and um, Bethlehem is. And that's an interesting thing for people to kind of sit with and think about. For think a about that. Most of your Christians in the Holy Land are Palestinian. Yep. And so when you make comments about Palestinians are this or <clears throat> you know Israel is doing this to the Palestinians. Um, that might not actually be true. It might be they're doing it to a certain subset of the Palestinians or a certain group of the Palestinians believe this. It's hard to make general statements. It is. And then you have um, the Palestinian areas. This yeah. is even more complicated. Um, and if you look at the map or when you're watching on the news and they'll yeah. have, I think, three different areas. Mm-hmm. You'll have Gaza, which is near Egypt, mm-hmm. southwest point of that little sliver, which is yeah. it's, it's the Holy Land. Beach. And when I, I'm saying Holy Land for a reason to avoid the, the, the difficulty of political language. Yeah. What do you call the region that contains both the Palestinian areas and the, the state of Israel? Mm-hmm. I'm calling that the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling it. On the bottom left, you have Gaza, which is pretty isolated mm-hmm. um, and is now governed by Hamas. Mm-hmm. Then you have the West Bank, which is not on the western part of the country. It's on the eastern part. This is the confusing part. It's on the eastern part of the country. It's the West Bank of the Jordan River. Mm -hmm. uh, And that is the majority part. The capital is Ramallah. um, And that is the Palestinian Authority. And then there's a there's a, a section um, to the north uh, that is a, a Palestinian um, area. Is that the um, is that the Golan Heights? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and when we go to um, that's really contested. When we go mm-hmm. to the Holy Land, we don't go near Gaza. Okay. We don't go near the Golan Heights. Okay. Uh, we stay only in the West Bank. So this this I'm going to throw up a map if you're watching on YouTube. This might give you some idea of the complexity and the history. Um, this kind of shows how much change there has been. So 1946 is, is you know, maps call it Palestine. And this is the political language that you're getting at. Yep. Um, now, if you go to the far right, um, this, you know, sliver on the left side of the map, that is Gaza. The West Bank is kind of these scattered areas. But if you look at it's not it's not clear it's it's little scattered communities here and there which kind of gets at the point of there's a lot of complexity what do you call those areas where it's kind of a mixed bag yeah, I mean, and if that's you, why holy land i think is is a good helpful appropriate if you want a very very thumbnail sketch as to what is the real tension going on mm-hmm. right now it is the um, erosion of the green on that map. Yeah. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry, I go on YouTube. You can look up, you know. Yeah, it's it's the erosion of the map. um, And and so, and and the the real point of contention is it's the encroachment without any legal justification. Um, And when you hear an... And I even even my Jewish friends acknowledge this. Some of these settlements, mm-hmm. which are um, you know neighborhoods, mm-hmm. small cities, villages, um, are going into those green areas. Correct. And the the difficult thing is that the state of Israel still basically controls the infrastructure, mm-hmm. the roads, the power, the water, mm-hmm. um, and um, and so when they control it, they can cut it off. It's really complicated. So let me say this very, very, very clearly, is that the Holocaust was real. It happened. Mm-hmm. Six million Jews were slaughtered. Mm-hmm. We were saying before we hit record, we weren't alive then. That is a uh, 
I mean, that is a moral evil that I, I really can't, can't comprehend. Six I million mean, people. Just to help people understand this, uh, theologians literally talk about post and pre-Holocaust theology yeah. because it fundamentally changed. Where is God? Where is God? Yeah. The, the nature of the Jewish people, Jewish yeah. Christian. I mean, it changed everything. Yeah. So um, we're unequivocal. Historical shift. Unequivocal in our, uh, in our acknowledgement that the Holocaust was real and, and it was evil and wrong. And, and unequivocal in our acknowledgement that anti-Semitism is rampant. It is. It is. You can see it. And we were, again, before record, we were showing, I was showing a video of a, of a, of a student just overtly anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. awful, vile. And you were talking about it. it was a, yeah, I saw some protests in Sydney where it was supposed to be this, you know, pro-Palestine march, um, you know, talking about we want justice and peace for all. And, you know, you have a group of Nazis, basically, who yeah. start chaining gas the Jews. Awful. And so you, you, you look at that at face value and, you know, your gut reaction is obviously what a horrific um, rise of anti-Semitism. We don't want to give them a platform. Um, and and there, you don't have to make any qualifications. Anti-Semitism is wrong. The Holocaust was an egregious evil that should never have, have happened. You have two groups of people who have been um, subjugated and, and, have, and have been um, treated Poorly, mm-hmm. awfully, have been just the 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 suffering that the the Palestinians and and the Jews have have mm-hmm. had to endure is beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. On this, both of those things can be true, and mm-hmm. they're both occupying a very very tiny piece of land, mm-hmm. and they both are fighting for their own survival on yep. this. And so you have those competing interests, which makes it extraordinarily complicated yeah. um, of of finding a solution that is going to be uh, again legitimate and lasting. Is is um is very very complicated. So so that's number one. Number one, and you're you're pulling this up. Number one was the encroachment, uh, or the or the um um you know eroding away of all those green areas right. that were agreed and upon uh, in in peace treaties. They were, and so that's that's the. And point. you'll see if you know. Actually, I still have it up. I'll throw it up again. You'll see the the UN plan. Yep. I mean, there was a agreed upon plan, but that isn't necessarily how it happened. Um, and so that's where a lot of the, the tension comes from is, um, and, and you know, you can kind of attempt to put yourself in, in the shoes of, you know, a family who's been in this land for thousands of years and you're told, leave. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the back of our mind, we, you know, again, this is part of the nuance. We might be thinking, well, why can't they just coexist? Um, why can't they just figure it out? And, and I'm going to pull up a picture of the Dome of the Rock, and that helps us understand um, the real tension over it, Jerusalem is a good way to, to phrase this. Because one of the big questions was, well, what do we do with Jerusalem? And specifically, what do we do with the Dome of the Rock? What do we do with the Temple Mount? Because... Um, and, and I'll let you, you know, jump in whenever you want. Uh, this is a picture of the Dome of the Rock. It's, and, and if you've been, you know, this might stand out uh, more than, you know, for me who hasn't been. But it's not as if it's a, it's a huge piece of land and we can just divide it up. Well, okay, no, fine, okay. you take that section, I'll take this section, we'll be happy. There is a, a point in Jerusalem, the Dome of the Rock, where uh, the temple was, and, and Jews believe it should be, where Muslims also believe the Prophet Muhammad ascended up into heaven. Yeah. And so it's not as if it's a huge land and you can divide it up and be happy. It is 
a specific rock. I mean, it is one spot. Yeah, you have the Temple Mount, very, very small. It's where the second temple, first and second temples Mm -hmm. once stood. Now the Dome of the Rock. What's causing the problem now and so let me let me just before I go on let me let me finish what I wanted to say that I, I meant to say is that while you have you understand Palestinians who are reacting that their lands being eroded mm-hmm. away you understand Israelis and Jews uh, really Israelis not all Israelis are Jews by the way yep. that's where yep. this gets more go. complicated so I don't want to speak with uh, with one voice on these things is there have been absolutely horrific terrorist acts that have moved the Israeli government to, to build walls and do things like that. Mm-hmm. But that ramping up is only is only um, um, escalating the, the tragedy and the yeah. suffering in this, yeah. is that people losing land, people are reacting in ways that are causing um, even more difficulties mm-hmm. here. And so you can, I think, you can understand this is not saying this is not Donald Trump and Charlottesville saying there are good people on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. But what, what we're saying though is that is that I think we have to pause and 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 try to understand both perspectives mm-hmm. here. And I think there's a lot on both sides in which a reasonable person, a faithful person, will find great sympathy. Mm-hmm. And and here's a practical example of what you mean by this. I was watching an interview. Um, and they were talking about the areas in Israel and Gaza that have been bombed recently. So it started with you know rockets from Hamas, and you have innocent um, Israelis in a small town near Gaza, and children are just bombed. Um, they didn't. That was not a response to an evil committed by the children. They were just included in the realm of fire. And then you have non-Hamas Palestinians in Gaza. You know, two million people live in this tiny secluded area. Neighborhoods are being bombed. And so you understand, you see your neighborhood get bombed and you think, what did I do to deserve that? I didn't do anything to deserve this. Then you live in the Israeli settlement and you think, I didn't do anything to deserve this. And that's where you start to see like, you, you can start to sympathize or empathize with with people on both sides here's how my mind changed on this like so i went over um without a whole lot of nuance um when i went the first time in 1999 i was i was you know how old was i I was 20 Mm -hmm. and didn't have a lot of capacity or interest in nuance you know i was a tourist at that point went in 2019 40 and um very different and um, again, my only understanding of, of the Palestinian-Israeli debate was, you know, looking at Israeli prime ministers who look very much like me, mm-hmm. and then looking at Yasser Arafat, you know, who's now dead, who looked yep. nothing like me, yep. and sort of looking at behavior and being kind of a really bigoted judgment yep. on these things, um, because the Israelis were very European, articulate, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Netanyahu is he very, studied, very— studied at- what Chicago? He's impressive. Like I mean, he's impressive. You can yeah. disagree with his policies all day long. Yeah. He's impressive. He was a American political student, yeah, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember going into the tiny little uh, village of Birkin, where the Church of the Ten Lepers mm. um, is, and also going in um, in Jericho. Jericho is just a is a it's not a pleasant city. And um, I remember one person on our group asked our tour guide, who actually has a house in Jericho. He says, "Why don't?" Because the trash was everywhere mm-hmm. on the road. He says, why don't people pick up and take care of their own space? And he said, if, if it, basically what he said was, I can't remember his exact words, 
is there if no one's ever going to to um, bring the trash um, pickups around or if this is all you have mm-hmm. I mean why would you mm-hmm. maybe there's that desperation meaning that this is an open sure, air prison yeah. there's no point and um, that kind of um, stress over time is the seed in which radicalization mm-hmm. grows we're not justifying radicalization no. we're not justifying terrorism but we're saying when you drive through and there's 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 no point. I mean, pick it up for clean it up for what? Yeah. Where are we going to put it? Where are we going to put it? What do you, I mean? It's not going to get any better. What, what's mm-hmm. what's what's the point? Was an interesting statement that has mm-hmm. continued to to sort of sit with me. Um, this is what happens over generations. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Gaza. I've read. I, I haven't. You know, I think this is true. Like one of the most densely populated places on the planet. Yeah, I read. And, and half of them are half of them are, are young people. It's like half. I might get this wrong. It was like half the size of D.C., but triple the population, yeah. something like that. Over half of them are children, yes. is, is what they say. But no yeah. one's saying they should be throwing rockets into Israel. That's not what we're saying. Correct. Or doing that at all. Yeah. But we're but you saying You can also is, acknowledge that it's not the children firing rockets. No, it's we're not. It's, it's, it's Hamas. And so, yeah. and so uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm here's, re- here's another non-negotiable we can say. Hamas should be condemned. And the actions that they have done are egregious. Um, and I think, you know, I'm not going to presume to speak for Palestinians, but I would imagine most non-Hamas Palestinians you would meet would probably condemn them. Yep. Some wouldn't, some are radicalized, but a lot wouldn't. Here's a succinct statement that one of the, I'm in a rector's text thread, and one of the rectors in our diocese, I think he put this on Facebook, so he said share this if you want to. He said, being supportive of the Palestinian people, critical of Netanyahu, his policies, mm-hmm. and hopeful for just peace does not mean we should remain mute in the wake of the largest massacre yes. of the Jewish people since the Holocaust. The situation in Israel-Palestine has been brutal for decades. Yes, yes, it is not just. Mm-hmm. But the fact is Hamas, with over a 1,000 um, Gazan attackers, initiated and conducted a slaughter of 1,200 innocent Israeli people and did so knowing, this is the key point, did so knowing and expecting Israel to respond in force, thus exposing their own people mm-hmm. to certain violence on yep. that. So that's kind of where we are. Correct. I think that, that sums up where I am on and this. That, and that's not even... a. Contested statement. I mean, Hamas has put some of their headquarters in hospitals yes. intentionally to say and we're going to hide behind some of the we innocent need, people. We need to be reminded that Hamas is not in the West Bank. Does not govern yeah. the West yeah, Bank. That's, that's the Palestinian yep. Authority, a democratically elected authority, and not and not what's happening in Gaza. But go back, put put the Temple Mount on that. So this is all over the place. I remember being in 2019, and Iyad Kumri, our wonderful guide and friend, um, was showing us, and he said, he said, this is what's going to start the third intifada, the third sort of holy mm-hmm. war going on. And he was absolutely right. This is, this is not a um, political statement. This, these are facts. On the Temple Mount, the Jewish, um, the Jerusalem Jewish rabbinate, the, 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 rabbinical authorities mm-hmm. have a sign saying Jews are not allowed on the Temple Mount yep. for a couple of reasons. One is that... Which I don't think people would realize because they think that's the, the Jewish temple. That's their spot. But who was allowed in the temple? There you go. The priestly, yeah. the priestly yep. family, right? And so basically no one's allowed up Correct. here because this was... Because if you're going to follow Torah, yeah. only the priests... Can can go mm-hmm. in in the temple, and we don't know where in where where the footprint is. Yeah, right. And that's the hard part. So, there's a sign saying, "Do not go. You are forbidden to go." But what were we seeing with our own eyes? Israeli police escorting far white Jews to go on the Temple Mount to pray. 
violating the sign that the Jewish rabbinate put for people to see. And and this was this was not this was not the the agreement. This is not what the the rules are. I don't know how they're it's not even enforced. following Old Testament rules. I'm yeah. following Old Testament rules, and it was doing it. You know, I, I'm not. I mean, it was certainly it was certainly agitating a very tense situation. Right. And he was he said, look, and but the thing is, they had armed guards with them. Mm-hmm. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to challenge them? Mm-hmm. And, and Yad said, this is what's going to happen. And what is Hamas saying is the reason why they're doing this? Yeah. Partly because of this. Yeah. And now, that's should they have see... done it? No, Correct. they should not have done that. But but the point is, it's not. It's very very complicated. Mm-hmm. Very complicated. Yeah, and that's why you'll always see videos of skirmishes around the yes. Temple Mount because um, it's it's. It is one area, one small, relatively speaking, area where so many people claim it to be a holy area. There's so many rules and regulations and history bound up in that one spot. And you have agitation, you have um, people, you know, starting fights and shouting things. I mean, I have not been there, but I'm sure you could feel that tension, yep. you know, getting close. It's to hard it. for me because I'm good friends with Rabbi Mark Cohn. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been texting me and, and we've been doing, we did Priest and Rabbi when he was in Winston for a decade. And Mark, Mark gets so passionate and rightfully so. He's lived there. He has mm-hmm. family there, his friends there. And he's telling me all the awful things that Hamas does and all the awful things mm-hmm. that have been done to the Jewish people. And I need to hear that because, yeah. because he's telling the truth. Yep. I listen to Iyad, a Palestinian Christian, who tells me all the difficult things his family has mm-hmm. had to live through for generations. Mm-hmm. The difficulty he has yeah. of you know even getting in and out of the country and, and all he's the zones. someone with means. Means, I yes, mean, he's done. He's done he's, well. He's privilege and power. And he's telling the truth. It's not his truth. It is, it the, is truth. the truth. Yeah. And both of them are telling yeah. the truth. Yeah. And that I think is the most heart wrenching thing for me as a as a comfortable person a world away, mm-hmm. but cares about this land and these people, um, and who love them both. Mm-hmm. They're both telling the truth, mm-hmm. and it's awful. Yeah, and I, you know, some some practical advice for, I think, as we watch the news, if you find yourself starting to black and white, you know, the, the situation, yep. and you think... I, this is this is it. This is the only good worldview. This is the only good view. Take a step back and and you know maybe seek out um, like what you were saying. It, not everyone has friends who are Palestinian Christians um, and Jews who have lived in Israel, but maybe seek out some of those stories because I think it is helpful for us to recognize some nuance there. Because a, it makes you a more empathetic person. B, it helps you understand why this has been going on for a hundred years. It's not as if Oh, nobody thought to ask, you know, the, the American over here. Um, it, it, there's a reason it has not been solved for generations and generations and generations. It's a complex issue. Yeah. Um, I also want to recognize that Jerusalem, and I, I wrote down a couple of verses. Um, I, I've been reading a book on the, the Jewish origins of Christianity um, slowly um, as I have, you know, free time. But, you know, it was, it was recognizing that in Isaiah... Um, you know, God basically says, out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So you have this verse in Isaiah that's almost this idea of Jerusalem becomes the center of the world. It becomes the center of the good news of God. And then even in the New Testament, you have Jesus pick that up and say, forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in the name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. 
And then you have, you know, the famous verse from Acts. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in, where does it start? Jerusalem. And then Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Paul, uh, writing to the Corinthians, kind of rhetorically asked them to kind of put them back in their place. Um, he says, was it from you that the word of God came? He's basically telling them, remember, it, it came from Jerusalem. It was from Jerusalem. And so even within the scriptures, there is this um, elevation of Jerusalem and that area as, uh, I mean, to put it bluntly, more important than some of the other lands. It has more significance. It's, and, an, and image, it's an image of the kingdom of God, right. the heavenly city. So that city. is why yeah. this um, is such a, a hotly contested issue. I also want to acknowledge in this, you know, I mentioned growing up in a more evangelical tradition with the, you know, very intense Christian Zionism, um, you do not have to, you know, take the full leap and say uh, it only belongs to the Jewish people and it brings about, you know, the end times to say that there is a significance of the Jewish people being in Jerusalem. I mean, there are even nuanced approaches to that in and of itself. And so, you know, to, to kind of give people, when you, when you hear maybe some of the intense Zionist language, you don't have to just reject Jerusalem with all of that. I mean, there is a way to uphold Jerusalem, to even uplift the significance of Jewish people in Jerusalem as important in the scriptures themselves and for the church today without, you know, advocating the extremist yeah. views. Well, and for people who live in this city, you know, Winston-Salem, Jerusalem, yeah. yep. you know, the irony, I mean, the name is, is what it represents and, and what our hope is, mm -hmm. peace. Mm -hmm. That peace will prevail there, but also it's an image of of eternal peace through through Jesus Christ. Um, I'm looking in my phone for that picture of that sign, which I think would be interesting to, yeah. to share. I, if I, can. I hope to find it, but um, if not. And then you know, I think one of the one of the last things that we can talk about is. Um, how, is. What, what does it mean to? Oh, there we go. You got it. I don't know if you'll be able to pull it up. Let's see if I can. Quickly Google. I'm going to share it to your, I'm going to drop it to you. Oh, there we go. Do that. Should be on. We're, uh, you know, working on the fly here. Good. Make it there big. There we go. It does, it does amaze me sometimes, our technological advancements. Make this a little bigger. Is that it right yep, there? Yep, that's okay. it. So... Throw that up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Make it bigger. Can you make it bigger so I we can, can see what it, we can read it? Maybe I'll read it on my phone if I can see it. Um, there we go. Okay. Made it bigger. It says, announcement and warning. According to Torah law, entering the Temple Mount area is strictly forbidden due to the holiness of this site. The chief rabbinate of Israel. Hmm. And so that is... Strictly forbidden due to the holiness of this site. And that is on the Temple Mount? It's on the Temple Mount. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, just really helps understand yeah. um, why it's so contested. But I, I was thinking the other day, and I'm trying to remember what psalm it is that, you know, says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, I don't remember what the, what the verse is. But what can we do as Anglican, American Christians, you know, thousands of miles away. You mentioned that we, we have some connection to the land, but 
not quite like Palestinians or Israelis have, but what are some things you think we can do today? Because um, I think that's what people always feel the need. Like, what can I do? I mean, I'm watching all this egregious stuff. What should I do? I would do three things. I would first pray. Mm-hmm. First pray for, for peace and for... Pray, okay, pray for what specifically? Pray for peace, pray for an infra, into war. Just pray pray that this doesn't escalate immediately. Yeah. And, and notice, and I just want to again reiterate, you're not praying for vengeance. No, just... Um, don't fall yep. into that trap of, you know, letting people stir you up and, and you know, saying something that later you would regret. Pray for peace. Pray for that peace. Is, that is the Christian position. Second thing is, um, it's a cliche, but actually... You know, learn something about the the history and the yeah. region and the people, mm-hmm. so that when you are, because I think what we have to do is we have to respectfully, lovingly, but persistently challenge people who have Correct. perspectives that simply aren't formed in the facts and right. reality. They're they're repeating what they hear. It's an emotional thing, and as I said, may be rooted into some unsavory things about our nature, like like mm-hmm. racism. Correct. And just be careful about that. And either anti-Semitism or racism. Yeah. You know, either against the Jews against or against the Palestinians. Yep. And they're they're both they're both alive in, in a lot of us. So that's number two. Number three is um, find a an avenue that you can trust to if you're able to give resources to mm-hmm. these places. Um, to like I, I put on on social media yesterday, and I'll put it in the email um, that goes out on Friday. The um, American Friends of the Diocese of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the the um, Anglican Diocese of Jerusalem in the Middle East, operates many. Um, organizations, charities, including two hospitals, one in the West Bank and one in Gaza. Now, if you are supporting a hospital in Gaza, you're not supporting Hamas. Correct. You are supporting the people who are being injured through yep. bombings. And two you know what? People. But you know what? Even if it is Hamas, you're 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 not. We're wanting to help people, and Correct. we don't want someone to die. We're not Correct. trying. We're not arming them. We're just Correct. We're we're showing them compassion as we are commanded to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are other organizations that maybe you can contribute to help. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the situation in Gaza, again, not supporting Hamas at all, is dire for them. It's a lot of people, and it's going to get worse. We didn't even mention this, but I was seeing that, um, and this goes to show that not every Palestinian supports Hamas. So many of them were trying to leave Gaza. Correct. And but they can't. They can't go to Egypt. They can't, they can't yeah. go to the ocean. They can't go Correct. anywhere. The exit to Egypt was bombed, and Egypt was warned, you know, don't help them escape. And so it's a dire situation. And there are a lot of really, really wicked people in Gaza who, yep. who want the eradication of the Jewish state, mm-hmm. the Jewish people, all of that. Mm-hmm. But they are they're, they're making it a living hell for everyone else who, yep. honestly— my experience when talking to Palestinians, everyone I met, which is not all of them, Correct. clearly. You're were, not meeting with Hamas agents. No, but they wanted to raise their family, yeah. see their kids grow yeah. up and be healthy. They wanted to live their lives. They wanted just to just to live. Yeah. And that's all they Without wanted. Ducking. That's all they wanted. They didn't want to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So pray, educate, and support. Yeah. I also think the order of those is important. Don't go support before you've educated Correct. yourself. And don't do any of those before Until you pray. prayed. Yep. Um, so pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the Holy Land. Pray for the Jewish people. Pray for the Palestinian people. Um, we have a candle burning in our in our nave that has been burning now for how many days? Since Saturday, I came Since in Saturday, Saturday and lit yeah. it. 
um, that is a, a peace scandal from Jerusalem? No, nope, from right? Taipei, uh, yeah. um, which is the only Christian Palestinian village in the Holy Land. There we go. And so again, there, even a little bit more yeah. wonderful yeah. Of, of kind of bringing, bringing you know, those, those two together. So um, pray, educate, and support. We did not solve anything. No, in these nor, 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 nor did nor we expect we to. to. No, not at all. Um, and we'll make the same caveat we did at the beginning in case you, you know, started late. Uh, we're not political experts. We're not solving anything. We don't claim to know everything, but we need to be talking about this. Correct. You need to be talking about this with your families and friends. You need to be asking questions. It. Asking questions. Um, and come to church. I mean, come pray about it here with with a community where we can continue talking about it. We can continue supporting each other. Um, but don't don't turn a blind eye to what's going on. I mean, that, that you know, that's, I think the one thing that would be bad to do is, is ignore it, because um, it will have severe implications. I'm gonna close again with the prayer that we began with, um, the prayer for um, peace in all nations. Let us pray. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, Guide the nations of the world into the way of justice and truth, and establish among them the peace which is the fruit of righteousness, that they may become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as he taught us to pray, let us close in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen.